Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and we're here today for a solo episode all about the number one thing getting in the way of growing your business. Very dramatic, right? <laughs> but before we dive in there, I do want to go ahead and give you guys, loyal listeners, a heads up that the Holistic Business Academy will be reopening for enrollment in December. Yes, I've been hearing from so many of you guys, a lot of you are already on the waitlist, but I'm going to give you the link to get on the waitlist that you are excited about this opportunity and I'm excited for you. Our first initial round of founding members is already having huge shifts in their businesses and in their personal lives. We actually are running a giveaway at the time of this recording in the Holistic Business Academy for folks to share their hashtag wins, (laughs) but really to actually help them to look back and see how much they have done. We're actually going to talk about that a bit in this episode, but we have a tendency to overlook the positive changes that we've made. Our brains actually have a built-in negativity bias. So taking the moment to look at our wins is so critical. And over in the Holistic Business Academy, folks are doing amazing things. Some of it's more like traditional big things. There are a couple people who have launched an offer or a product and have made more money in a week than they usually do in a month or two, which is insane and so fucking cool. And then there's folks who are working on their visibility and their fear of being seen and are starting to plan their businesses in a way that actually support them and their physical and mental wellness. And people who have just like taken massive action and even taken smaller, but just as beautifully important action. And seeing these results just a month or so into HBA makes me so excited to get more of you into that remarkable community. And if you're an HBA member, I love you so much. You guys are the coolest people I've ever gotten to hang out with. You are so remarkable. You are doing amazing, scary, brilliant things. And I'm so honored to be facilitating that space. So if you want to learn more about the Holistic Business Academy, which is my membership site to help soul-centered entrepreneurs get more clients and help more people while making more money and not burning the fuck out, then go to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist. We'll link that up in the show notes. That's holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist and get on the waitlist now. I want you to do this now because there will be a special bonus for folks on the waitlist when we reopen registration. I'm a big fan of rewarding action. I think that as business owners, we have to train ourselves to be kind of considered action takers, not action for no fucking reason, but aligned action takers. So I'm happy to help to train you to do that by bribing you (laughs) with a little bit of an extra special bonus from me when you join from the waitlist in December. So again, holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash (sighs) waitlist. Sorry, my voice is a little bit funky today. I've been sick for a while, but we're going to keep going. So just, you know, if things sound extra kind of sloshy, they feel sloshy. My head feels sloshy. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness. So Holistic Business Academy that's coming back up. And one of the things that I'm seeing in there and in my one-on-one client work that I want to bring up right now is this, this thing that I'm going to call the number one thing that's getting in the way of growing their business to the level that you want it to be at, right? But as I always say, that level is up to you. You might want to just make an extra buck or two during, you know, during the year. You may want to have a seven-figure business whatever you want. If you're not there yet, it's probably because of this issue. Drum roll, please. The biggest issue, the biggest thing that is getting in the way of growing your business, it's not strategy. It's not tech. 
It's not even your offer, though that's, that, can, that might be the second biggest one is learning how to write a good offer. It's your mindset. Dun, dun, dun. Right? And I'll be like the first to say, I think y'all know me well enough now. I'm reactionary as fuck. I hate it when people tell me what to do. That's why I'm a good business owner and a shitty employee. I hate when people are like, your mindset matters. And I'm like, that sounds like such fluff. I'm like, give me strategy. Give me something to do. Give me the task. I'm an INTJ. Like, if you tell me the steps, I can do it. I can vision it. I can make it happen. And I could probably do it better than you told me to do it. Like, that's like my skill set. So when people are like, your mindset matters. I'm like, that sounds like some fluffy hippie shit. And I, I just don't want it. And I say this, of course, as a spiritual guide and deeply spiritual person, but that's part of my personal tension is between those things, being very logically minded and being a seeker. So when I started realizing and really addressing my mindset issues and learning more about that, I was shocked to find that all those people were right. I was actually a little bit pissed off, right? Again, I was like, I don't want to believe this is true. I want to believe that I can logic and plan and muscle my way out of this, that I can hustle my way through this, that if I just work harder, then I'll get where I want to go. That is one of the biggest lies that we are being told. There are big people in the marketing industry that say that all the time. I, you know, hustling is, first of all, it's not an option for many of us, especially those of, those of us listening to this podcast. I know that so many of you struggle with chronic mental and physical health issues. Hustle is not a fucking option, right? But we still fall into that paradigm, that paradigm of productivity, that if we just do it better, harder, faster, we will win. Well, we know that's not true. We can all think of people and maybe ourselves, right? When you have worked more hours than anybody else and still been fucking broke, right? Working more does not actually equal more money or more impact in our culture. Not at all. We're told that it does, but it doesn't. There are people with you know, tons of resources who don't work a lot. When I started to really dive into this and see that what was getting in the way was not actually my capacity to work to be candid, anyone else at home have this? You know, I like this. Raise your hand if this is you. I was feeling guilty, like that I wasn't achieving my goals because I was sick, because I couldn't hustle hard enough, like that it was going to be impossible because there was something wrong with me, right? That with my challenges, my inability to, to work whatever, 14-hour days, seven days a week, or whatever the fuck it's supposed to take if you just hustle harder, I thought that meant that I was a fuck-up. Well, it turns out I'm not a fuck up. I'm a human and you are too. And the hustling isn't actually the solution. Doing more work isn't the thing that's going to grow your business. Working smarter, sure, but not doing more work for the sake of more work. There is no hustle prize here. But your mindset, (laughs) that's actually the place where we can start to do real work and create real change that'll create real results in your business. Now, I've been on the mindset train for about a year and a half now when it comes to business work recognizing that so much of my spiritual practice really was preparing me for my business practice. And I do actually think of business as a practice. And as I've gone deeper into that, I shared with you guys on this previous episode, I'm doing a couple coaching certification trainings, learning more about the neuroscience behind things like mindset and spiritual work, which for me, and again, my logic mind loves that. I realized that there's a couple key things of why mindset is the problem. The first is this, You can hustle all day, but if you're doing the wrong things, you're doing the wrong tasks, you're doing stuff in your business that is keeping you busy, but not generating revenue, 
well, then you're not growing your business, right? You're not growing it. That's not that's not how that works. If you aren't making more money, it's not growing. The number of like when we talk about growing a business, it's not about growing the number of hours you're working. <laughs> We're speaking specifically about growing the amount of money that is coming in, the amount of revenue that you're generating, and as a result, or as an indicator for how many people you are helping. We're growing your impact. That is not the same as growing the amount of time that you're working. Your time is limited. Time is our most precious resource. We don't get time back. So. I recognize that the tasks that I was doing in my business and what I see with so many of the people who come into my business uh, to work with me is that we were spending time on tasks that kept us busy, but they weren't moving the needle forward. Now, why were we doing this? Because we believed that we had to be busy to be worthy of making more money. We've been told that hard work is what generates revenue, right? And a lot of us were raised by people for whom that was true. They were either hourly wage workers or even folks who had more of like a blue collar, less hourly wage career, probably were still working many hours. I've shared on this podcast before. My parents are are white collar professionals. Being salaried as a white collar professional actually means you're working 100 hours a week for most people, right? There, There's an idea that, okay, well, we own you now, so you need to keep working harder to justify the salary that we gave you. So a lot of us, especially in the United States, and I imagine other Western cultures as well, hard work is what we do to deserve money. That's what we do to make it and to deserve it. So we keep ourselves busy because we don't know anything else, especially when you're making that transition from having a job, right, to having your own business. I remember at my first jobs, really all of my jobs, I'm actually a very efficient worker, but I would have to make up stuff to do because I didn't want my bosses to know that I was just like, I was already done with my tasks and I was just sitting around, you know, dicking around on my computer reading blogs or whatever, 10 years ago when people still read blogs. I would come up with tasks to do, right? You would find busy work to do. You didn't want people to notice that you were not busy because then maybe they'd think that you weren't worth it, right? You weren't, you, they weren't getting their money's worth out of you. This is a mindset issue. This isn't actually a strategy issue. It's a belief-based issue about what it means to be worthy of making money or how we have to work to make money. There are so many different examples of this, and I'm going to pick up one more, right? Which is that if you make more money, then you're a bad person. We'll get into the science behind this in just a second, but that is a mindset issue that comes from a deeper core belief about what is safe for you. That might have come from your family, from your caregivers. That's one that I actually picked up in my 20s when I started becoming more um, in tune with uh, spiritual practice and holistic wellness. And my communities taught me that making money was bad and that I'd be a bad person if I had more money. And I bought it. My, my, my subconscious mind, even as an adult, wants to fit in. So I was like, oh, great. Well, then making money is bad. If you believe that, if that is the core mindset that you're working from, you will not be able to make more money. You will not be able to generate more revenue. You will not be able to help more people. You will sabotage yourself at every turn because it's not safe to make more money. When we start to peel these layers back, and this is something I do with my one-on-one clients and we do um, in the Holistic Business Academy, when we start to peel these layers back, we realize that the ways that we're not achieving in our business or meeting our goals in our business, it's not because we aren't smart enough or good enough or that our work isn't good or that we don't know what we're doing. It's because we have an underlying belief that is affecting our mindset with which we are addressing our work. Now, of course, parenthetical, strategy matters, right? Strategy is my background. That's so much of what I teach my clients. Strategy matters. But 
Strategy is nothing if you can't act on it because an underlying belief is going to prevent you from doing so. So let's look at this from a more scientific perspective. And what I love about this is that we can actually look to neuroscience and neuropsychology to understand why this happens. The first thing is that the idea of confirmation bias is real. While this is somewhat reductionist, and I want to say that upfront also, obviously, I'm not a neuroscientist. <laughs> I know that's surprising. But we do have a part of our brain that does many, many different things. But one of the things it does is actually filters your input, your input from the world around you to match your beliefs. This is called the reticular activating system. And it does, it does a bunch of other stuff, but that's one of the things that, that brain scientists think that it does. And it does this because your brain runs on its subconscious level, right? And you guys, I know listening to this, you probably like think about your subconscious, you do shadow work, you work with tarot and Jungian archetypes and all of that stuff. There's actual brain science behind all of that. <laughs> because our brains are, are designed, they're brilliant machines, and they are designed to preserve energy. It takes so much energy to run your brain. So it puts things on autopilot. What you consciously tell your brain over and over again is important by repeating it. It becomes a belief. A thought plus an emotion becomes a belief when repeated over and over again. And that can happen really easily when you're a kid. If you ask for candy and you wanted candy and you were told no, you might have been like, oh, it's not safe to ask for what I want. And you ask for something else that you want and you were told no, and you might decide it's not safe to ask for what I want. And you say that over and over again, and it's coupled with a feeling of shame because your caregivers are telling you that this isn't okay. Now, I mean, we as adults can look at that and be like, well, that's silly. Of course, your parents were like, no, you can't have candy right now because it's two in the afternoon and you need to take a fucking nap, kid, right? But as kids, we don't know. This is just normal. This is how we move through the world. That becomes embedded into your subconscious mind, so it runs on autopilot. The subconscious is basically like, oh, that's important, so we're going to wire it in so that you don't have to think about it consciously. This is one of the classic examples of this is how you can just drive home after, you know, you can drive your commute without even thinking about it, right? So our brain does this to preserve energy. This is, again, super layman's terms, right? And what that means is that the reticular activating system works to filter the immense amount of data that comes to your brain from the world, all of our senses. It filters it based on what you've told it is important, what you believe. And that's the confirmation bias. We will see more of what we believe in the world. So if you believe that, you, um, that it's hard to make money, you're only going to see and this is a subconscious level, right? You're not sitting around. Maybe you are. Like, it's hard to make money. You might hear that come out of your mouth. That's, that's a good indicator that that's a belief to work on. But if you, if you believe that at a core level, you'll find evidence for it. Oh, well, that person's been struggling in their business for a decade. It's hard to make money. Instead of looking at the person who has scaled to six figures in a couple years, right? You know, you'll, you'll find confirmation of your beliefs because that's how your brain is desired to work, designed to work. It's designed to do that because it takes less energy. Things that challenge our beliefs actually take more energy because they're fighting against the wired-in patterns in our brain, against the actual neurological pathways. I'm hoping you can start to see how this might affect you in your business, right? If you have an underlying belief, this goes two ways. If you have an underlying belief that it's not safe to make more money because people won't like you, not only will you find confirmation of that, right? Anyone else here get one negative comment on a post and spiral out for days or weeks or months or years? I actually have so many clients who come to me to get back on the horse in their business because they have had a negative experience with one person 
push them off of their successful business. And they've, they've basically, you know, dropped off for years. That's because that affirmed an underlying belief of theirs that they're bad people for making money or whatever it is. So not only will you confirm that bias with your brain, you will also continue to act from that place. You cannot outact your beliefs. And that means that you will continue to stop yourself. You won't even necessarily notice it. This isn't always conscious. But are you somebody, I'm using money as an example because I think that's a big one for a lot of folks. And there's so many different layers of this, right? Folks who have plenty of money also have money beliefs that do not support them. Money does not solve problems <laughs> or doesn't buy happiness at the very least. And people have problems regardless of how much money they make. So if you believe that it's not safe to make money, you might find yourself subtly self-sabotaging, right? Maybe you set a big revenue goal, but you kind of knock it down and knock it down and knock it down throughout the year. You make it more manageable. You make it more safe, right? And I'm sure you have a really good reason for that. Like, oh, well, I don't want to be disappointed when I don't make it. Well, it's, well, I don't believe that about goal setting. I think making, setting goals that we can't make is critical because it pushes us and drives us to take action we wouldn't take otherwise. My goals are huge, y'all. Huge. And it pushes me to be a different kind of person, to show up in a different way and to serve at a different level. But... If we don't believe that it's safe to make money, then we're going to cut ourselves down. How many of you have a product or service that's kind of sitting on the shelf? It's done and you haven't told anyone about it. Or my favorite right now is like, you know, because we have that one link in bio on Instagram, people will just like put that up as their link, but like never tell anyone that it's there. <laughs> you just post the link on Instagram and hope somebody buys it, right? That's not selling. And in fact, that's self-sabotaging because you can say, oh, well, I made this thing. It's there, but no one's bought it. You've now confirmed that you can't make more money because you have stopped yourself from actually promoting it. It's deep and dark and twisty and too much to go all the way into, into a podcast episode, but I'm hoping that we can start to shine the light on some of the patterns you're seeing in your business. I also want to talk to those of you who haven't quite started yet because I see this a lot too. There's a lot of ideas of being ready for something. Oh, I need to get my ducks in a row before I launch, or I need to be ready before I start my business. I need to have all of these pieces together. I need to have my business cards. And look, I say this all the time. I love graphic design. I know some of you listening to graphic designers, you guys are fucking brilliant and your work matters and you should be charging so much more than you are because it's hard. It's so hard. <laughs> but business cards are actually not the most important thing in your business. Sales are the most important thing in your business. So if you're sitting there and I'm like, well, I will go to networking events when I have business cards. Fuck that. You're self-sabotaging, right? When you start to put barriers between you and your goals, that means you're buying into a belief that is not real. It is not the truth. It does not serve you. So if you haven't started your business yet, you're like, oh, I'm waiting till I have more time. Well, when will you have more time? What will that mean? If you have a measurable deadline, such as well, in my full-time job, we are doing a project for the next two weeks, so now is not a good time, but after those two weeks, I am going to be ready. Cool, I'll buy that. But if you're someone who's like, well, I just, I'll know when I feel ready. This is where it gets really tricky. Most of us, especially when it comes to business, actually don't have super strong intuition. It is so wrapped up with our belief system and so wrapped up with our money beliefs that it takes some time to tease those things apart so we can truly trust ourselves. Because anxiety and intuition they can get confused. And especially when we're excited about something or we're doing something new that's nerve-wracking or going to uncharted territory. Those beliefs, those underlying beliefs, we can start to think that that's our intuition speaking. That, that that's the thing that's telling us to play it safe, to keep it to keep it quiet, to, to, to not take risks, because 
y'all, I got to be honest, having a business is about taking risks. I personally don't believe it's any riskier than having a job. I think job security has become the biggest fucking joke in our country. So I'm like, over it, learn how to make money on demand by serving people and being like a not shitty person at the same time. It's way better. But you can start to tease those things apart. That's one of the reasons I like using tarot in my business is to help me tell the difference between my anxiety and my beliefs, the beliefs that are not serving me and the truth of a situation, my intuition, right? But if you haven't started yet or you're holding back on doing something because you're waiting for things to be right, I'm going to challenge that. I think there's an underlying belief there. I would say I'm confident that you have a limiting belief ingrained into your brain about what happens when you try risky things, about what happens when you, 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 when you stand up tall and big and put yourself out there, about what happens when you draw attention to yourself, about what happens when you make more money. Start to notice. Even throughout this episode, I have said some things that are probably challenging some of you a lot, things that you don't want to hear. Or maybe you're sitting there nodding your head and you're like, oh my God, that's me, that's me, that's me. And for those of you who have backgrounds where you have had more resources traditionally, whether you do now or not, I also want to point out that there's other ways that this can sabotage you too, right? This isn't just a poverty mindset. That's what we hear all the time, right? Poverty mindset, which I don't, I don't love that phrase, to be honest. But I think there are beliefs about what is safe in terms of making money. Whether that's it's, you don't feel safe to make more money than your parents did, you don't feel safe because then your friends won't like you, you don't feel safe because then people will try to take it from you, whatever that, that story is for you. But for folks who have more resources, start to look at how money played a role in your family, right? This is something people don't talk about a lot because this isn't, yeah, <laughs> in my experience at least, but it's part of my experience is that money was a substitution for love because my parents weren't available to be with me physically or present or to be present at all. And that means that making more money also which is how I can show myself love is also tied to overwork because that's where it came from, right? For me, more money means, well, then I can show myself love, but I can't be present for it. It's a little twisted, but start to look at how those of you who maybe had more, and I don't think that has to be, I think that probably happens at all different levels of, of socioeconomic backgrounds, but folks who have had more resources, money tends to be a replacement for different kinds of conversations and family. And it can be really challenging to start to unravel that as well and see, well, why would you want more money if what it means is that you're not actually available for love because you're not present and it's not safe. And if you have that money, then you're replacing love with, with buying things, whatever. Dive in guys, go all the way in. Now, why does this really matter? Right? I've been rambling for like 20 minutes about this always. <laughs> why does this really matter? Twofold. One, you wouldn't be here with this desire to grow a business if you weren't supposed to do it. I truly believe that the more I see people, because I get on the call, I talk to people all the time who are growing and scaling their businesses all the time. And your guys, your ideas are brilliant. They are fascinating. They are so fucking cool. And they're helpful. And they're useful. And they, in their own way, are all challenging the way that we are living in this world challenging it and showing us a new way forward. This matters. Also, because you deserve it. It is okay to want to be okay. It is okay to want to have resources. It is okay to want to be able to eat what you want and live where you want and wear what you want and not be afraid all the time that you're going to be broke and dead in a ditch. That's okay too. But also, this matters because your work helps people. When we create soulful work, whether you are a maker, you're a knitter, you're an herbalist, you're an astrologer, you're a lawyer, I don't care what you do. If you're doing it from this soul-centered place, that means you're helping people. You are adding beauty, meaning, and change to the world. You are giving people a solution to their problems. 
And you will only be able to rise to that call to the degree that you address this mindset challenge. To the degree that you are willing to plumb the depths, to do the shadow work, to do the exploration of yourself, to see the places that your level of comfort with your success is being dictated by limiting beliefs that you picked up as a child or an adult because of the social situations that you were in. And I challenge you to do that because we need your work. We do. Again, I talk to so many of you and you guys are doing such cool fucking things. How much more could you do if you actually were making money? How much more could you do if, how many more people could you help if you weren't worried and stressed all the time? How many more people could you help if you had the resources then to give back, to donate time, to donate resources, to create your own fucking nonprofits, to actually have the money to run for political office? Wow. Our limiting beliefs keep us small. We think about our needs and fulfilling those at the minimum because of all the fear and the shame. But when we expand beyond that, what will be possible with your work and for this world? Oh my goodness, I can only begin to dream. I hope that this frame of how self-sabotage stems from actual neuroscience, actual brain pathways, and this idea of starting to address those underlying limiting beliefs and noticing the patterns that emerge in yourself, in your business, I hope that this is helpful. We're just scratching the surface here, I know, but I wanted to make sure that you guys had some of this information if you haven't heard it before, or maybe just hearing it in a new way will offer another level of support to you. I'm not going to sit over here and pretend I have this all figured out. I find new limiting beliefs all the time. <laughs> it's like a full-time job now. They just keep popping up. As soon as you bring that level of awareness, that lens of awareness to yourself, you'll see them everywhere. That's not a bad thing, though. Because we can work to clear them. We can work to let them go. We can work to create new beliefs that actually support the life that we want and the impact we want to have on the world. I feel like I'm on a soapbox. It's probably time for me to step off of it. But I'll leave you with this. If this conversation made you uncomfortable, that's great. If you listened to this and you were just nodding your head and like, oh yeah, that makes total sense, listen to it again. <laughs> because I want you to be uncomfortable. The comfort zone here, that is actually the danger. The comfort zone here, that is the indication that there is some pattern underneath that needs to be addressed. If you were uncomfortable, that means that you're already starting to look at what needs to change. Those of you, and I say it because I'm calling myself out too. This is something I've done before. Again, when I was like, oh yeah, cool, that's fine, whatever, blowing it off. It wasn't until I started to actually allow myself to receive this kind of information that I was able to acknowledge my own patterns and change them. When you do this, it helps not just you. It helps our entire world. I believe that. More good people making money, doing good things, will change the world. That's it. You don't have to opt out. You don't have to pretend like you don't want to feel confident and good and comfortable in your life. You don't have to pretend that everything is fine and chill either at the same time. It's not. It's not. Things are fucked up. You will be able to do more to change this world if you are fully supported financially and you are doing good work that helps other people. So dive in, my friends. Take a look at this. And if you want to go deeper, first of all, remember, get on the waitlist for the Holistic Business Academy. The entire first pillar of my holistic business framework is all about mindset work. I know, right? 
it kind of sounds like a drag. You're like, give me a strategy. Tell me how to do Facebook ads. Nope, <laughs> we start there. And the results that people are getting from diving in are outstanding. It is worth your time to do this work and will influence everything else that you do in your life. And also just a quick side note again, you don't need to have the same beliefs as me. You don't have to agree with me. I just want you to question your beliefs and see if you actually want them. Here are fun stuff, okay? So get on the waitlist for Holistic Business Academy at holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist. And then I want you to come over to Instagram, to my personal Instagram, at Sarah M. Chapel. Remember, with an H on the Sarah, two P's, two L's. We'll link it up in the show notes. And I want you to let me know, what did this episode bring up for you? What resistance do you have to it? What fear do you have? Are you sitting here blaming me for talking about money? Did it make you pissed off? Or were you like, oh my gosh, yes, I see the patterns in my life. Or were you like, I don't have any problems. I'm going to tell Sarah that she's wrong. It's cool. Come on over. Let me know. I want to hear from you guys. And I will see you next week. Bye for now. 